Boy, it's going to be a special day at our church. I want to take just a moment and welcome our Lancaster campuses. Welcome. Will we just show some love to our Lancaster? Will you make some noise? We're excited. For those of you watching this online, it's a special day for us because we're wrapping up a series called Difference Maker. And I truly believe that we've had an opportunity to hear and to see what does it look like to make a difference in the world around us. And today is special as we're going to come and we're going to give our Difference Maker offering is really a response to the grace and the love and the mercy of our God and our Savior this Christmas season. We felt like that at Christmas time would be a great time for us to honor Jesus, the reason we celebrate the season. Amen. And so I've got a brief message for you, and then we're going to have an opportunity to give our very best to Him today. And at both our campuses, we take a moment, just bow your heads and pray with me. Father, we come to you now. Lord, thankful for your presence thankful that God you loved us so much that you sent your one and only son to this world that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life and so God we thank you that Jesus came for us and God today as we turn our hearts as we posture our faith in response to that gift I pray God that you would stir our hearts that Lord you would use us to make a difference for your kingdom and your purpose in this world so God, we love you, and we glorify you, and we give you all the praise today. And everyone said, come on, let's give them praise one more time, church. Amen. Amen. Hey, why don't you go ahead and grab a seat between both of our campuses. Man, it's so good to be home. Uh, I, I did. I traveled all the way around the world to Israel yes, uh, last week. And uh, man, it was, it was quite an experience. And um, I just have a brief message for you. It's really more of a little Bible study just to kind of prepare our hearts. Uh, today is a special day, and um, again, if you're new with us, we're, we're in this series called Difference Maker, and we're, we've been talking about what does it look like for us to make a difference? Not just talk about it, but to actually do that as a church, and we've, we've had an incredible opportunity to do that for, as a church, we've been giving away tens of thousands of dollars this holiday season. We've back put a lot of that into your hands. And we say, go bless somebody. How many of you blessed somebody over this past couple weeks? Come on. Was that not amazing, huh? I feel like there is something to what Jesus said, for it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And when you get an opportunity to be the answer to other people's prayers, something inside of you kind of comes alive. You realize this is what it means to make a difference. And so we've been talking about that as a series. I want to take a second and just think and give honor to Pastor Russ for the message he gave last week. Come on, he did a phenomenal job in his southern accent and everything. I barely could understand it, but it was, no, I'm just kidding. Pastor Russ did a great job in just challenging us. What does it look like to be different? Man, we've been, we've been talking about that and the Difference Maker Project, as, as many of you have taken and given that money to people and added to it, the stories that we have heard have just stirred my heart. I hope they stirred you and stirred your faith to see what God can do when people will be a little outrageous and a little generous. God can do something significant through it. And so it all culminates today as we, we prepare to give an offering. And I like to do this at Christmas time. I know it's a time when we're all strapped because we're spending so much money and buying stuff. But I also feel like why not take and make Jesus the center of our Christmas experience and be able to give a gift to him this season. Not just to everybody else, but to him and for the advancement of his kingdom. And let me tell you what we're using this offering for. We do this every year as a church, but 
We're going to use this to really advance his kingdom in 2019. That, that's our purpose. We want to end this year strong and we want to, we want to sow it forward, believing that God is going to use it. And so we're going to use it. 10% of all of the giving uh, goes directly to outreach. So we're using that for next year to, so that we can do again over and over through impact week and other things, invest tens of thousands of dollars and beyond into our communities. That's part of it. We also wanted to take part of this and invest in the next generation, especially at our Lancaster campus. Listen, we believe in children. We believe in the next generation. I don't build this church for me. I don't build it for my generation. I'm building it for my kids. And so we need to invest in their spaces, not just for our kids, but for the children that we're going to reach and the people that we're going to see get on the path to God next year. And so we're also, if you don't know this, we're building a building in Canal Winchester. It's a really expensive process. It's a long process. And we're going to use this to help because, by the way, the moment we start borrowing money to build, we have to start paying. And so, so we're going to put this to use for expanding what God is doing through this church in 2019. And I truly recognize that we have new people that come to our church. If you're brand new to our church, I just want to say, you know, you, you picked an incredible weekend to come. And I know you're thinking the opposite. My gosh, why did we come to church this weekend? They're taking up a big offering. I just want to release you. Don't feel obligated. This is for our church family. This is for those of us that say this is our church home. And, and I, just, I just want you to know, though, that when you see hundreds of people go forward and give generously, I don't know if there's anything else that might stir your heart as much as seeing this church being all in with God, showing our love and being generous. And I think what it's going to do is it's going to stir something inside of you where you're going to say, I want to be a part of a community like that. That we don't just think about ourselves, but we're, we're selfless and we're generous believing that God is going to use it to do incredible things in this next year. And here's what I know about you, because this is true for all of us. You want to make a difference. You do. I shudder to think that I could spend my entire life, 60, 70, 80, maybe 90 years, I don't know. And it would, it would pass by without me really making an impact on this world for Christ. I think that might be the greatest tragedy that could ever come out of our lives is that no one remembers that there was no impact of my life or your life on this earth. I know that because the moment you meet Jesus, the grace of God, like we talked about that hit Paul, the moment you experience the grace of God, all of a sudden there's a divine purpose that begins to swell up inside of you. And you realize that I'm not here just for me, but I'm here to make a difference in this world. I want to be a difference maker. And I know you want to be a difference maker. And I want to leave you with this thought as we close out the series because this is challenging to me. But I want you to understand this, that to make a difference, you actually have to be different. To make a difference, you have to be different. And I think this is the tension that I feel inside. And it's a tension maybe you feel, and that is that I want to make a difference and you want to make a difference, but at the same time, I also want to live like everybody else. I want to value what everybody else values. I want to build what everybody else is building. I want to have what everyone else has. I want to, I want to, I want to experience and I want to live this world through the lens of what everybody else has. But I also want God to use me to be different and to make a difference. Let me just tell you, you can't. You can't. If you want to make a difference, listen, you're going to have to actually be different. 
You're going to have to live your life in a different way. You're going to have to experience life differently. And that's the challenge that we have. And let me just tell you, as a Christ follower, this is what we're called to do. We're called to be in the world, but not like the rest of the world. We're called to live differently than everyone else. That's why when you hear about Christ followers giving to God a tithe, first 10% of their income, you go, oh my gosh, that seems crazy. Do you know that in America, on average, the American gives about 2% of their income to charities, whether they believe in God or not. That's an average that I believe has changed drastically because there are Christ followers who are giving 10% or more. That seems crazy. It seems different because it is different. Do you know who's making the biggest difference in this world today? Those who follow Jesus because they're different. Or, or like this, people who will love others without expecting anything in return. Do you know how different that is in the way the world loves? The world loves like this. I'll love you if you love me. I'll do for you if you do for me. But when Jesus showed up, he was an example. And he said, I will love you and I will die for you whether you ever accept or embrace it at all. And so to love without a, getting anything in return, that's a Jesus thing, and that's different. Or maybe to forgive others that won't take any ownership of how they've hurt us. That's not normal. That's not normal. You know what's normal? Hold a grudge. You know what's normal? Get even. That's what normal is. That's what average is. But we've been called as Christ followers to forgive. And that's hard because some of you, you've been hurt by others. You've been betrayed by someone. Someone walked out on you. Someone abandoned you. You've been violated. You've been abused. Things have happened. And then all of a sudden, when, when the faith of God wells up inside of you, the love of God comes inside of you. And all of a sudden, you choose to forgive, not for them, but for your own freedom. That's not normal. That's what it looks like to be different. Another way that so many of you are different is when you don't just come to church and you don't just, just come to consume, but those of you come to serve and we see people who get up early on a Sunday morning when they could sleep in, but rather they come to church an hour and a half early so they can serve other people so that other people can have an opportunity to hear the gospel and get on the path to God. Can I tell you something? That's not normal. That's being different. But if you want to make a difference, you actually have to be different. And so there's a tension that I wrestle with. We have an opportunity like today to give. And there's a tension inside. Because I, 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 want to, I want to have what everybody else has, but I also want God to use what I have to make a difference. And so we're going to, we're, we're going to give today. And I, I want to share just a short little passage. It's just a little Bible study. It's going to be quick. I want to share a short little passage of something that Paul wrote to a church in Corinth. Now, Paul wrote this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 because he was actually writing to them about an offering they were going to take up. 2 Corinthians 9, it's just like this kind of moment where he's preparing them to give an offering. Now, this is not the regular tithes. You know, it says in the New Testament that we are to put aside a certain amount of money in keeping with our income to give to the Lord on the first day of the week. That's not what Paul is talking about. He's talking about an opportunity like we have today to give an offering to God's work, to something that's precious to Christ's heart. He said, I will build my church. That's what mattered to him. Reaching people with this message. Go into all the world, make disciples. This is what mattered to Jesus. And so Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6, just to remind them of 
something at work when we prepare to give. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6, here's what he said. He said, remember this, whoever sows how, everybody help me, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows how? Generously. Come on, we can do better than that. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. He says, each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give not reluctantly or under compulsion. Can I just release you if you feel like you're being guilted into giving? You can just be released. Don't bother giving. I'm okay with that. This is the way God wants us to respond in this moment is because we want to respond in this moment. I don't have to, but I want to because of what Jesus has done in my life. How about you? I don't have to give. This isn't a have to. This is a want to. Or as if you're Pastor Russ, a want to. But I... I don't know why he won't, but I want to. That's just for those of you who were here last week. He says, don't do it under compulsion. This is not a, this is something you do because of what he has done and you feel inside. Like, I want to do this. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves what kind of giver? Say it out loud. For God loves a cheerful giver. I hope you're happy today. You should smile. Everybody take a second, just smile. Just just come off with a big old smile in your face. Because some of you are like, oh my gosh, this offering weekend. Well, God, I don't want to go to church anyways. When you encounter Jesus and what he's done in your life, it should put a smile on your face. I get to do this. I'm a cheerful giver. And here's the promise. He says in verse 8, and God is able to bless you Oh, I like this word, abundantly. Come on, overflow. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And so Paul says, I want you to remember something. As you are about to give, I, I want you to remember this principle that the creator of the universe has put in front of us. And that is this principle of sowing and reaping. Sowing and reaping. I think when we hear those terms, most of us think in regards to like relationships and if somebody kind of does something to us, you say, all right, it's going to come back and get you. You treat me that way, you know, something bad's going to happen to you. In fact, even in our world today, they've kind of reduced it to this thing called karma, just some impersonal force where you do bad, bad's going to come around. If you do good, good will come back to you. I don't like that and I don't believe in karma because what karma is, it just completely removes the maker of the universe who established the principle from the whole equation. See, Paul would say, no, no, don't look at it that way because you don't know what God can do when you do give generously. But he says you need to know sowing and reaping. And as the first century people hear this, you know what they picture? Because I got to experience this in Israel. They wouldn't think about, well, you hurt me and so it's coming back around. They would think about agricultural farming. Because that was the kind of community they had. That's how they survived. So he's saying what you put into it, what you, as you take more time to clear the stones and pull the roots and dig the soil up and plant the seeds. In other words, what you put into it can determine what God can bring out of it. God doesn't bring a harvest when you don't plant seeds in the ground. Every farmer knows that. Every person planting a garden knows that. you got to invest something to reap something. And so this principle of sowing and reaping, Paul takes it, he says, I'm going to apply this when it comes to an opportunity like this to give either sparingly or generously. 
we will give one of two ways today. We will give sparingly. Well, here's a little. Here's what I can spare. Here's a spare change. I give. A, I can just throw a little something. It's been so expensive, and I'm not really sure. We can give sparingly. This is what Paul says. Or we can give generously. But please understand this: by the same measure that we give, is the way God will give back to you. I didn't make that up. Jesus actually said that in Luke six thirty-eight. He said, by the same measure you give, it'll be given back to you, pressed down, running over. The, the blessing is in response to how we give. And let me just say this. Paul didn't give an amount. I just want to set you free because some of you go, well, I don't have that much to give. Only you know the difference between what is sparingly and generous. There's none of us to judge. I can't judge. I don't know. Only you and God know that difference. But my greatest desire is today that you would come preparing to give as you've decided in your heart. That's what Paul said. You know what that means? Not how you decided in your mind. Paul says, decide with your heart. You know, I feel this battle a lot of times when it comes to giving. Generosity is a battle between my mind and my heart. Because my mind wants to rationalize and justify and figure out. And if I spend this, then I don't have this. Then we can't do this and we can't go on there. And my mind wants to figure it all out. And so Paul says, don't decide with your mind. Decide with the source of your faith. Decide with the part of you that is moved by what God has done for you, the heart. The heart. Decide, decide with your heart. The heart is the place that responds in love. The heart is the reflect. Now listen, that doesn't mean that our mind doesn't matter. That doesn't mean we do something dumb. Like, like don't write a check for $1,000 when you got $200 in the bank account. Because I don't want to deal with your bouncing checks, but I was just giving my heart. No, it, it doesn't mean ignore your mind, but it says let your heart lead. Let your heart lead. What, what does that mean? Well, for me, it, it kind of took on a new meaning this past week. I was in Israel and... I'm not saying it to brag. It was awesome. But I was in Israel. It was really cool. By the way, it's my desire in the next year or two that I'm going to take a team of people from our church. So you better get prepared. You better get ready. I've had a ton of people already tell me, save me a spot. I'm going to make sure it's really fair. But if you want to go to Israel, and I think every Christ follower should, I'm telling you now so you can start saving. New year, start a savings account. Start putting money in there because it is not cheap. Probably going to cost about $4,000 or so a person to go to Israel. I want to tell you one thing. It will change your life. It will change your faith. I really believe that. And so I, I'm, I'm here in Israel, and I, we get taken to this house that many believe is the house of Caiaphas. And Caiaphas is the high priest at the time Jesus lived. And when he was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane, they, they took him before the high priest first. He would be judged under the Jewish law. And they found this place where they got stairs that come up out of this valley. There's a courtyard, and they found even some stairs from the first century they think went up to the place where he would have met in Caiaphas' house and been judged. What, what really grabbed us was what was right below, because next to this courtyard, you know, remember Peter was in a courtyard where he denied Christ? But within earshot was this, like, stable, this underground area they had cut out of stone that they believe they may have kept prisoners. You know, it wasn't until the next morning that they actually took them to Jesus before the Roman leaders. And so down inside, we walk into this place, and we don't know for sure if this was the actual place where Jesus was held, but it's a very, very good chance it was. 
And out of the stone, you can see these holes cut out that would hold the straps so that they could strap up and hold the prisoners. And then one text tells us in the gospel accounts that they beat him. This was before he even went before the Romans. It's possible that it was there that Jesus was beaten and that he would have been tied up and hung in this pit overnight, but they wouldn't let him sleep. Also, he would experience the the worst kind of punishment that the worst kind of criminal would receive though Jesus had done nothing and a group of us 50 of us or so are down inside of this just kind of reliving what they would do in scourging in the first century we walked out of that place not one person said a word overcome with emotion tears in her eyes and I thought to myself if Jesus would give up all of this for me what would I give up for him? And all of a sudden, that moment, I just kind of got this sense that we live so sheltered. We are blessed in this country. But we are also consumers and often not contributors. And when Jesus gave it all, and when I experienced that potentially in the very place where he suffered for me, something in my heart began to shift. All of a sudden, I think I understand when Paul says, give as you've decided in your heart to give. I just fell in love with what he did for me. And when you give, I want you to know this. And here's the promise that we can hold true, and I believe this. God is able to bless you abundantly. Come on, how many of you could use an abundant blessing in your life? Raise your hand if you could. Why wouldn't you? And I know sometimes we feel weird saying that. Like, is this some prosperity gospel preaching thing? No, it's not. That is when you, you give so you can get. That's when you see God like a genie in a lamp. And if I can just throw something in there and then God will do something for me. That's the wrong motive. And I don't believe that honors God. And I don't know that it even moves God. But when you give cheerfully because of what he's done for you, it says that God is able to bless you abundantly. So that in all times, in all situations, in all ways, you have all that you need for every good work. There is a blessing and it comes. And listen, it's not just a financial blessing. That may not even be the most of your worries. But he could bless your relationships. He could bless your marriage. Maybe it's your children. Maybe it's your career. Maybe it's your job. But I believe that when we honor God and we give to him by faith, when we, when we sow into his kingdom, that it puts us in a place. God says, now I can bless you because you're a conduit, not just keeping it all. But I want you to hear this because we all want God's blessing. But God can't bless what you don't sow. I want God's blessing, but I don't want to sow into his kingdom. You got to put it in the soil of his kingdom in order to see the harvest that comes from it. So I just want to encourage you. This is a opportunity this is not an obligation i'm moved by the love of christ i'm moved by his sacrifice to say i want i want to give and i want to sow and so listen in just a moment when you have an opportunity to come forward and give i want you to look at it like this that when you put that offering in that that receptacle that i am planting a seed in the soil of his kingdom not my own yeah he'll bless i'm not worried about that but i'm putting it in the his kingdom and I believe that we're gonna see a harvest in 2019 like we have never seen in this church when we will give generously we will give sacrificially to his kingdom 
We're going to see a harvest because of this. In fact, I want to close with, with this passage in 2 Corinthians 9, that same passage, verses 10 and 11. Let me close as we prepare ourselves to give. Paul says, now he who supplies seed to the sower. In this situation, you're the sower and God is the source. And bread for food will also supply and get this, and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Not your bank account. He might do that. But he's going to enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. Something even better is going to come out of your life. Something that can make a difference. And he says, you will be enriched in every way so that you can be what? Everyone say it. So you can be generous. Here's God's blessing so we can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. I believe that there are going to be hundreds and hundreds of people that are going to be thankful for the investment that you're going to make today. I believe that. In fact, I want you to understand that if your life has been touched by the message of Jesus Christ through this church, you need to recognize this because people went before you and they sowed seeds for you. And now it's our opportunity to do it for those ahead. So I want to ask every person to go ahead and get out the envelope that should have been at your seat. There's pens there. I want you just to get it out for a moment. And inside this envelope is a little card where you can put your name and information, especially if you're going to give by cash. We would like to know and be able to record that for you. And I want to encourage you that in just a minute, we're going to have an opportunity during a song to bring our offering forward. And I want you to just really ask God in this moment, God, what would you have me give by faith from my heart today? And let him just, let him just lead you. And if you didn't come prepared with a check, you can give. There's multiple ways that you can give. You can give online. If you're someone who gives online, you can go ahead and give online. If you do this afterwards, I would encourage you, would you write your name down on there and write the amount that you're going to give online so we can have a record of that. You can go to crossroads.tv forward slash give, or if you text to give, we also made it so that you can do that. You will text the letters DM for difference maker and then the dollar amount. Okay, DM space the dollar amount. And you can write that on here and let us know. Online you can give to, we want it to go to this offering because it's specific in what we're gonna do to advance God's kingdom in 2019. So just a moment, we're gonna have an opportunity to do this and invest this. So I wanna invite our bands to come back out on the stage as we prepare to do this. And I, I wanna ask you, I know maybe you, you're filling out your card, but would you take this card with me and would you just kind of stand to your feet for just a moment? You'll have plenty of time. We've got an entire song. When I get done praying and our band begins to lead us in the, this next song, where we're talking about opening up the heavens and receiving God's reign, I thought it was appropriate as we're going to plant seeds in the ground and then ask God to water them. And so when you're prepared and you and your family, I want to encourage you to come forward with this, whatever, take your time. No rush here. And when you come and you give it, here's what I would encourage you to do. I want you to pray something by faith today in this moment. Believing I am giving this by faith as a seed. And the way you need God to move in your life, if you've got a loved one that doesn't know Christ, this is your opportunity to pray for them as you drop this in there. Say, God, would you do something in his life? Would you do something in her life? If you're praying that God will move on someone you're bringing this Christmas, then pray that. If you need financial 
provision. Pray that. God, I'm giving, though. I don't even know where it's coming from, but we're going to give and trust you. If it's a healing, if it's a physical healing, pray and say, God, I'm investing this seed because I know that you are able to do abundantly beyond all that I can ask or imagine. So this is our opportunity, and only you know what is generous and sparing, but I want to encourage you that how we sow will determine what we reap in God's kingdom. So would you take a moment with me, both our locations, will you bow your heads and will you just pray with me? Father, as we prepare now to give our very best to you, I pray that, God, you would take this offering, that, God, as we put it into your hands, sow it into your kingdom, that, God, you will use it and multiply it. God, we ask for your rain to come and water these seeds to produce a harvest of righteousness a hundredfold. So, God, we give our very best to you today by faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.